Welcome to Leading at the Point of Sale. I'm John Ockapenny. I'm an industry veteran in the startup world, venture capital, and I'm the CEO of a company called NatureBox. This podcast is dedicated towards leading people and navigating tough headwinds. Whether you're the commander of a large tanker or skipper of a small startup, the decisions you make will be the difference between sinking and sailing into calmer waters. My job is to be curating interviews and the best of the best from Silicon Valley, providing valuable insights and tactics to help you on your journey. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Leading at the Point of Sale podcast. Today, my guest is a veteran people leader, Alan Brown from Electronic Arts. And uh, Alan is the current uh, VP of Total Rewards. And he has a long history of working with some of the most successful companies in Silicon Valley, including Google, Microsoft, Yahoo, Citrix, and SoFi. So welcome, Alan. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. In our, in our pre-conversations that we've had, I, I uh, really felt it was interesting. You used the word uh, EA is one of the most humanistic or there's a sense of human, uh, uh, humanity in, in the building around the culture. Tell yeah. us just a little bit about how, you know, where you've been and, and why those words were sort of interesting. Sure, sure. So I've, I've, I've spent my career sort of going into pretty chaotic situations. In each case, um, I joined the company at, in some dramatic period of change, um, sort of the story of my career now. And, and uh, joining EA, um, uh, things pretty stable and the company's been around for 36 years, um, plus and, and, uh, uh, but, um, it became immediately apparent that, um, it just seemed to be more of a human company. And, and of course, because I noticed that I, I wanted to understand it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I think part of it is just the, you know, very relationship driven, um, culture that they have. Now, a lot of companies could say that. But I think the core reason is because of the creative spirit that is at um, the the center of the company. You know, if, if you think about, um, you know, I spent some time in retail where the merchants drive everything. In mm-hmm. high tech, engineering yep. is what drives the culture. You know, it's yeah. at the center. Right. And at at EA, it's really this creative spirit, and there, and it and it has infused itself into every part of the business, not just um, the people that are making games. Um, you, you see it in the GNA folks as well and within HR. And I think, you know, part of the creative, maybe this is a bit of a leap, but as part of that creative spirit, you've got to be in touch with your emotions, you know, and your own humanity mm-hmm. and, and those of, of, of our game players. And, um, and so it's just right there in your face every day and, uh, you know, and it just feels more human. And I got to yeah. tell you, I wish I'd, I'd been here a lot longer because I'm really enjoying that aspect of the culture. It's interesting. It's probably very different than a semiconductor company where they're talking about transistors and circuits and, you know, and even enterprise software, you know, trying to, to find the human aspect of it. But when you're walking into a building like EA with this abundance of creativity surrounding you, it's, it has that, that has that different element. That sounds interesting. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy, you know, I tell you my, my day before uh, COVID and I know we'll go there too, but used to be, I'd, I'd walk in, um, sit, you know, arrive at this, um, pretty, uh, um, beautiful sort of atrium and grab a cup of coffee 
and sit down. And I'd end up having conversations with three or four people before I'd go up to my office. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, that just became part of the culture as well. I would imagine that the EA campus is, is uh, quite a bit of investment pre-COVID went into that. So, so tell us about how you're trying to keep this creative uh, culture, humanistic culture, when everyone is out of the office. And like, how, how has EA approached that during uh, this last year? Yeah, that's tough. And I, I'd say um, might might be worth highlighting that that um, the facilities group, um, which we refer to as workplace experience uh, inside EA, is part of Total Rewards, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I learned on my way in that that was going to be the case and um, makes complete sense because the environment um, is, is, um, is part of Total Rewards. Um, it's also part of, um, you know, an employee's well-being, you know, uh, what it feels like to come to work. And mm-hmm. um, part of our, um, um, the direction that that organization has is to, that we want to spend a certain amount of our dollars on, on building um, the, the facilities and the workplaces in a way that's going to inspire people. So we're bringing yeah. our, our, the, the experiences of our, our game players and our games themselves into the environment, you know, in a way that makes, uh, you know, that feels natural and that, mm-hmm. that feels good. So, you know, when you walk into a building that, wow, this is definitely EA and I can see what we do on a daily basis right here, you know, in the live videos and on the walls and just, you know, and, and, it, and it feels, uh, it feels good to see that and, and participate in it on a daily basis. So here we are, 95% of our, our population suddenly working from home. And it didn't take long before we felt the difference, um, mm-hmm. not interacting with each other on a regular basis, um, both for work and for sort of the, the social aspect that also feeds our, our productivity. Um, but, uh, um, you know, lacking that and then, and then not having the environment. Now here we are sitting in our living rooms, our kitchens, our, you know, closed off offices. And, Mm. um, and, uh, we, we could feel that something was missing. Um, that workplace, our, our, our workplace experience team now has, um, a certain responsibility to support people working at home. We haven't quite extended it to, you know, hey, we want you to put this poster up on your wall, yeah. uh, you know, that, mm. that shows a certain video game. Um, yeah. we're, we're right now, I think, at the lower end of the hierarchy of needs, which is, hey, let's set up your office so that you've got your ergonomics um, set up in a way that you're not going to cause yourself, you know, um, back pain, neck pain, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the first things we did was um, set up a uh, a training session and an assessment that people could walk through to then um, uh, help them figure out what they needed. Um, that same team also then helped our our employees get their their chairs, um, uh, their equipment, and and bring it into their home to to set it up in a way that that, that made sense. We had huge um, usage of uh, the ergonomics training and the assessment, and I, I, it was over seventy-five percent. It's interesting, like ergonomics training. What does that mean? Like, <laughs> just like how you? Yeah, to, I mean, you should, have that, you should have that in the office too, right? Like, how you use your desk, and you know what position your shoulders should be in. I don't know. 
at first it seemed like, you know, how, we didn't know how long this was going to be. I, I think most of us figured, okay, we'll be out of the office for maybe a month or so. And, and we've all had those uh, work from home days where we're sitting at the kitchen table or something and it's not a longer, you know, an, an ongoing thing. Um, but that's not sustainable. And so the training of ergonomics was really to show people, here's how you should be set up. You know, your eyes should be looking at a certain, if your eyes are not looking directly at the screen, you're going to experience some neck pain. Yeah. And uh, it it, it almost became viral in the company. People said, wow, I went to that ergonomics thing and I got my chair and geez, I've eliminated some back pain. EA employees have the best posture in all of Silicon Valley right now. What what do you do? What do you do, Alan, when, how, how do you... Uh, but I imagine there's there's certain parts of EA that you know people are, are in green screens, you know, with like these suits with these little balls on them. Like, how do you how do you replicate that? Do you have, must have some people that are coming into the office, uh, or not, or not? Maybe you're. What are you doing there? Well, um, yeah. At first, um, that that was a real problem. And no, we we immediately when we shut down, we shut down, and and there was mm. nobody coming in. So at first. A lot of that kind of work just completely stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, but then our uh, IT organization jumped all over that, and we made some early strides. Um, you know, I'm thinking March, April, to mm-hmm. increase the um, capacity availability of our systems. Um, I know that they did some work with um, our our uh, the folks that are in the motion capture studios to do yeah. some of that work from home. Not a lot right. of it can be done at home, but uh, they, they still managed to deliver. We ended up delivering 10 games over the last 12 months and, and uh, um, in part because of the work that our IT organization did to enable the work to continue. Um, you know, we were one of, the, um, one of those companies that we sort of were fortunate enough that um, the, the COVID thing sort of highlighted uh, our, the gaming and other things that you could do while at home. So while people yeah, are stuck yeah. at home, yeah. uh, you know, the game gaming increased. So that um, put pressure on us to, to make sure that we didn't see lapses in service and things like that. In some sectors of your business, were you actually hiring or growing the business or is it just sort of like, keep it, uh, keep it together and uh, keep the ship going? We, without getting into specific numbers, I know we hired over 1,200 people last Amazing. year. Amazing. Yeah. Without ever going into uh, so an office. It, it, that's right. And, and we now have a number of VA employees that have never been in an office. They started, mm-hmm. I've got a few on my team, you know, they started in their home and, and they went through a, an onboarding exercise with the EA that, you know, some of our traditional stuff, you know, we call it game on. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, but they've never stepped foot inside an office. It's a very different feel. Um, and we rely on things like town hall meetings and, and other, uh, sort of community, ga- community or group gatherings to, to help infuse some of the EA, um, culture. In our prior conversation, Alan, you had mentioned that, um, I think like a lot of companies, you set up a committee to kind of just deal with this COVID thing. But you, you called it, it was interesting, unlike others, you called it like a shadow leadership team. It really was really an important piece of team. Like, tell us, you know, how did you set that up and what do you think were the most interesting parts of actually creating that that shadow? What does that mean? Yeah, shadow team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 
I, and by the way, I don't think anyone internally referred <laughs> referred to it as a shadow leadership. <laughs> okay. team, but, Sorry, but I think, but they, I think they would agree that that it was driving a lot of work. Um, I think yeah. the the initial um, name for the team was sort of an incident management uh, team, the IMT, and and uh, it was made up of, of a group of um, just leaders from every part of the company to to say let's deal with. The IT issues. I mean, there, there, we ended up having something 10 to 12 work streams that were focused on um, uh, workplaces, you know, so workplace experience, all the things, you know, getting people their equipment and scheduling mm-hmm. and, and uh, getting all that work done. We had a, um, a, a legal team that was mm-hmm. responsible for collecting as much information as possible, um, not just on the legal things, but things like, uh, um, uh, information about um, COVID itself, and and uh, they began to build a database of uh, information we could draw on as we were making decisions. Um, there was a uh, a group focused on communications. Um, one of the the things that went over very well was our our chief people officer um, sent out a weekly note and um, that described, hey, here's where we are, here's what we're doing, here's how we're thinking about reopening the offices. Um, mm. Here's what we're dealing with. Trying to connect to the reality of, of people, what they were dealing with um, mm. uh, in their homes yeah. and some of the other issues, um, social issues that were going on, if you recall, uh, during the, uh, the sure. first half of last year. Yeah. And uh, But so those 10 different work streams um, allowed us to come in and just address uh, these COVID-related issues and how they were impacting the business and, and deal with them on a real-time basis. The team was meeting on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. We eventually you know, dropped down, I think, after six months to, to two to three times a week. Um, we're still, we're still, still meeting um, a couple times a week now, but now beginning to refine, hey, which, which parts of these should move to the functional areas and be be part of the the regular course of business, and which of them should stay separate. And uh, uh, but it's it's been it's so, been quite interesting seeing how that team operates um, separate from the business and yet integrated at the same time. It's interesting. We're having this conversation where uh, vaccines are just starting to be deployed. Right there, uh, uh, yeah. the third the third vaccine johnson johnson's little you know just coming out so we you've been through an arc of you know first phase was just like reactive like how do we deal with this right second phase is sort of like maybe there's a lot of creativity in dealing with this um you know uh creating morale boosters and that sort of thing you know everyone's got their ergonomics set up everyone's got proper posture and i'm pushing my back up right now and then um but we're kind of in this are you, do you consider this a third phrase? And like, what is the focus today? Like, is it really about getting people back in the office? And is that really front and center? What are the most important things addressing this, uh, our, our, our cloaked shadow leadership team, which I, it's not really made, but yeah. yeah. What are you working on today? It, it's, it's interesting. We did, we did sort of divide this into a few eras. Um, the first mm-hmm. being, um, addressing the, the the fire drill situations that we had to deal with to both um, manage our business, take care of our employees. You know, in some cases, that meant you know a, a financial stipend related to working from home. You know, this mm. this increased electricity costs in some cases uh, yeah. across the globe, and and 
Uh, it may not hit a, a lot of us in the U.S., but in some countries, it may really hit them. Um, mm. uh, the second phase was sort of this transition phase to what does this new way of working look like? Um, uh, that is a lot of work. And I'd say we're still in that phase. The third phase is sort of post-vaccine when mm. we could say, okay, this is the new normal, whatever mm. it's going to be. But it's when mm. we we are back in the office, when we're um, uh, reopening offices. We've had some fits and starts in terms of, uh, you know, at one point, I think I recall us thinking we'd be back in the office by September last yeah. year. Right. Had to keep postponing it. Um, we've got a, a dashboard that looks at all of the different uh, pieces of information that are, are relevant to opening, including how's the city government looking at it and what are the, the rules in that particular area. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, so we're still not, um, we've got some offices open. I mean, I know our, our China office is open and uh, people are in there, you know, it, it's almost, uh, you know, normal. Um, uh, but we're still not quite ready. We're, we're uh, um, putting a lot of thought into how we'll go about opening them. You know, of course, we've done all of the, the things with uh, um, uh, um, attestations, you know, questions. Hey, have you had any, of, uh, any contact with somebody? Do you, do you uh, live with or have had any contact with somebody who's on the front line working with yep. you know, patients and, and all those kinds of things? Um, it, 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 it seems pretty uh, um, straightforward when you've got just a, a trickle of people coming in to pick something up in the office. But when we go back full time, um, being able to track that um, uh, and uh, ensure that everyone is, is, is safe um, is a big job. And we're starting with whether, whether or not we should even reopen the office. So we're not quite there yet. Um, but we're, we're, in the, we're planning for it. And, it. and I think it's probably toward the third quarter. So it, the, the, new, uh, the new normal, and uh, you know, we'll, let's say we're in the next year, at least, we're in this sort of the variant COVID scenarios, uh, you know, and things are really not going to get back to normal, normal for, let's say, a year. But after that, do you see EA really wanting to get back to that environment where people are you know, commuting to work? Or are you going to really keep a hybrid office? Or are you just not to figure, are you going to figure that out, you know, in six to nine months from now? Or what are your thoughts on that real long future? So we have, we have communicated. Um, I mean, there are, there are some companies out there that have said, hey, we're going to be, uh, you know, everyone can permanently work from home. Mm-hmm. And they, they've just planted that flag. And, and, and now employees have, have an understanding, oh, I, get, I can work from home. It's my choice. Some people are even moving around, you know, moving to a lower cost area um, yeah. since they can now work from home on a permanent basis. Um, because of what I had said earlier about the sort of the humanity of the business, both the relationships, um, the nature of making games, you know, getting a bunch of people in a room and, and doing some whiteboarding and, yeah. and storyboarding and trying to, I mean, it's like if you can imagine making a movie. Um, yeah. Interactive entertainment requires that sort of in-person and uh, um, you know collaboration that that happens when you're face to face with each other. Yeah. What is it going to look like when half of that team is on the phone and on video? And what are the things that we can do to still um, both encourage and support the collaboration that needs to happen? We're already starting to to deal with things. We've we've uh, 
used some some of the newer uh, collaboration tools like Miro and and some other mm-hmm. things to to try to um, support that. But we also recognize that we don't want to lose that human aspect of our culture. I mean, there's something about yeah. Zoom that you know um, seeing each other face to face is great, but we're lacking the five or ten minute you know moments where you're just walking by and you connect with somebody and have a conversation. And, and then that later, uh, you know, generates a thought about something that you're actually working on. Yeah. Um, so those interactions are important to the company. And so we'll still have a, a, a pretty sizable portion of our workforce that will be coming into the office and doing work on a regular basis. Even those folks will, will have the flexibility to um, work from home when needed. But they'll be yeah. primarily in the office. Their setup will be in the office. We'll have other folks that are, they can do their job remotely um, without any yeah. problem. Their setup will be at home. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part, I'd say permanently working from home with the idea that they can come into the office um, when it makes sense. And we'll probably have some hoteling features uh, to yeah. you know set up to, the, oh. to set up in the office. A bunch of real estate developers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, are going to start building hotels right near the EAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> we, I, I don't think we'll have too many people that will have the same setup both in the in the office and at home. That that's fairly rare. It'll mm-hmm. be one or the other. But uh, we're thinking about that. We're talking. Our managers are having conversations with employees right now about um, what that looks like, and uh, you know. Um, you're, you're going to have some roles that make sense being in the office, but the person says, you know, I'd rather work at home. We're going to be flexible and, and work through all that. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think uh, uh, we're all trying to figure this stuff out and it's sort of a fluid situation and you really want to harness the best of both worlds and, um, you know, use it to your advantage. And, and it's, it's, it's a process to really kind of think through it and live it and see, experience it and figure out like, what's really, what's, what's really working. One thing that you said, Alan, that I thought was really uh, interesting is that uh, your job is really about the well-being of your employees and trying to engage them uh, in all those dimensions of well-being. And you, you sort of told me that um, it's as important as like a full measure of that is when they leave, like, are they better people? Can you tell me about that, that thought? I would love to hear, I think that our audience would love to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. Um, well-being, first of all, it, it is a, it, just to preface this, the, the answer, um, it's an interesting space. Um, I think a lot of companies invest in well-being um, for the purpose of bringing down health costs. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's been the case for years and sometimes it's even funded with a little slush fund within benefits. Um, sure. So what does it mean to actually invest in well-being? And um, uh there, you know, er, almost every town hall we have, um, our CEO says, first thing, hey, you know, as, as always, our, our priority is for the well-being of, of you and your families. Um, and yeah. by the way, when, when he says that, it's very genuine um, and, and it, it embodies that whole human spirit that I talked about earlier. Um, and all of the actions that we've taken, um, that the leadership team has taken in, in, uh, in working with that committee who's made a lot of the recommendations, um, our employees know that's true. They know that that has been the priority. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's been an, I think it's a bit of an opportunity. Um, so what does it mean to, to truly invest in the well-being of your employees? And to, to, the, to the conversation that we had before about, you know, if you were to leave the company, you're a better person. You know, I think, you know, to me, well-being is about being um, the best person that you can be in all of those different ways. Okay, so yeah, sure, I'm, I'm uh, improving my financial well-being. Um, there's a social mm. aspect as well to it. There's, of course, the physical aspect. You know, am I, am I uh, um, keeping myself in good shape? Um, and But I think, and, and this isn't an original idea. I, I read this in an article. And, and the, the idea that if you were to leave, you're a better person, it means that you grew. So then what does that yeah. mean? Am I a better person? Am I a better father? Am I a better husband? Am I a better friend? Mm -hmm. um, if work mm -hmm. isn't supporting you in being a better person in those ways, and it's only just being a professional, I don't know that doesn't that doesn't ring as very human to me. So, um, so I think uh, well-being should embody that full view of a person. I think that's a great way to, to kind of sum up because COVID has really brought this family aspect that we used to be kind of leave that in the parking lot and now you're transitioning to work. But, uh, as we're trying yeah. to, as EA is trying to take care of their employees, you're, you're, it bleeds into areas that HR people normally traditionally were very uncomfortable with. I imagine, um, you know, uh, you know, you taking care of your elderly parents. That's right. I'm we're meeting each other's kids now, uh, on zoom. You yeah. Know, they walk into the, to the room and, we're seeing each other's pets and, uh, you know, we've, we've suddenly experienced this forced integration of our work life and our home life. Yeah. How are we coping with it as employees and what is the company doing to support that? I mean, those are the questions that we're all, that all companies are facing. If we take a, like a, the, the hairiest of those potential integrations is like someone's reaching out for therapy. Uh, I have ADHD or, you know, I'm having depression and, um, you know, uh, uh, you are getting visibility in that, that all of a sudden that, that creates a potential liability for the HR department or the company. Like what if they're not performing, you know, and do you attribute it to that? Or so this, yeah. this, this gray area is actually probably quite, quite, uh, challenging for, for an HR. I imagine do you, what do you think? It, it is. In, in fact, there's two things that came up there. One, one is that yes, um, uh, just mental health has become a, a huge issue for companies as we're dealing not just with COVID, but the political environment, the economic environment, mm. the heightened social um, um, issues that have come up. And, uh, and it's stressful. And uh, as part of taking care of em our employees, one of the things we did was um, uh, enhance our mental health offering. We work with a, a company that um, uh, allows people a certain number of either coaching or counseling sessions. Um, in the midst of mm. everything that was going on, we also brought them in. Um, I, I think it's okay if I mention that the company is Modern Health. Uh, we brought them in to, sure. to uh, have separate sessions where they um, you know, just opened the conversation. Um, we had a few um, sessions um, uh, geared directly to our um, African American Black population, where it was was mm -hmm. just them able to express how they feel and how this is 
coming off. We had someone that, uh, you know, led the session that, uh, th- those were very well received. We've, um, probably had something like 30 to 35 of those separate sessions, almost like, you know, it wasn't called group therapy, but, you know, getting everybody in a group and finding out that, um, Hey, I'm not the only one going through this. Um, they felt supported. Um, I think that's gonna, that, um, is a more permanent, um, uh, uh, issue that we're going to be facing as more and more people are working from home and forcing this, you know, or, or feeling this forced integration of their work and their home life. The other thing that, that yeah. came up when you mentioned that was, um, I know that a lot of colleagues that are dealing with performance management, you know, the, the hated thing that, you know, employees yeah. and managers are typically, you know, not thrilled to go through, um, you know, yeah. how do you measure someone's performance when you've got, oh, this person over here is a, a parent who had kids that um, weren't able to go to school and they had to deal with that during the day and they were doing their job at night. Um, uh, how do you judge um, the contribution of those people? One of the things that's come up is um, before uh, um, you think about the typical contribution, um, think of the opportunity to contribute. So if someone's opportunity to contribute has been reduced because of the nature of their life, we need mm-hmm. to consider that as we're thinking about their, their, uh, their performance and the rewards that would go along with that. Now that gets really, really tricky if you think about it. Um, yeah. uh, cause then it's like saying that you're advantage, you're, you're giving an advantage to someone that has kids versus those that don't. Yeah. Or are you, uh, it, it gets really tricky to, to navigate that, but to consider it again, doesn't that make us more human to be thinking about mm-hmm. what's happening with this individual? Um, if the opportunity to contribute has gotten so bad, well, maybe they should think about taking a leave of absence or reduced, you know, some sort of reduced schedule. Um, so you're going to run into those, but for, for um, just some of the normal issues that would come up with a parent or a caregiver or even someone that, you know, lives in a place with a couple of roommates and they just, they need some time off because they, they don't, uh, uh, they don't have the energy to put into work, <laughs> mental issues, yeah. you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, uh, so this is, I know that there's some companies have dealt with this by saying, Everybody gets and exceeds expectations this year if they if they're a company that uses ratings. Uh, we we don't we don't actually use ratings. Everyone gets a trophy, but I do think that you know, especially um, for an environment like EA, creativity is so important. If you acknowledge those things, which are the number one stressors for probably some, if I'm a parent and I've got this other massive burden on me and. And EA recognizes that it actually calms me down and allows me to be more creative and probably be more productive during the hours that I am, not knowing that that's hanging over my head. I could just go out and execute. Yes. And I imagine that's what you're, what you're, you're after. Uh, and then, uh, you know, more importantly, it's just like the yes. human aspect of treating people uh, well. And um, well, listen, I, I, I appreciate Adam. I appreciate your time. Uh, you've been very uh, generous with your time, and uh, it's been great to talk to you. We may would love to, you know, check in with you down the road, see how th- things are going as things evolve. But uh, sure. I really appreciate your time and uh, good luck to you uh, with with uh, the next coming year. Well, thanks, John. Hey, it was I, I enjoyed the conversation too. I, I'd be happy to come back. 
Thanks for listening. One final note before we cast off is I want to thank our sponsors, which is NatureBox, dedicated to providing engagement, wellness snacks that can reduce stress in one's body using adaptogenic plant-based ingredients and services to really help HR departments and executives motivate their teams with these wonderful perks at home. Don't take it from us. Take it from some of our big customers, Google, Facebook, and others. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.